Hi, I'm Elizabeth Pudwell. And I'm Vanessa Cassani. And we are The Meadow Report. So what we try to do is to bring to you, our listener, a modern take on the tribal method of communication, where women would go out into the meadow and find their resources and bring it back to the tribe. And they always had a little story to share with whatever it is that they brought back. Go here, or they shared the information, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's what we want to do. So we want to bring to you, our listener, the cool things that we run into in our lives and share it with you. Yes, and we have a variety of guests that come to the podcast. Every week we have a guest. So recently we've interviewed um, Georgie Holbrook. She's a healer. And Ana Rojas Bastidas, who just opened up a swimsuit line. And then today we just finished a recording with Victoria Garcia. She's a a photographer, yes, and she's so cool. Very cool. That's what the Metal Report is. So listen to us. Yeah, and like and share and subscribe so that you can, you know, you'll know when new things come out. Welcome to the Metal Report. I'm Elizabeth Pudwell. And I'm Vanessa Cassani. And today, this morning, we are here with Anna Rojas Bastidas. And Anna is, um, Anna has a unique story. And you ran into Anna on Instagram, right? Yes, I did. I found her on Instagram um, just through my own wanting to find people that are inspiring. And um, I ran across this really raw, bold photograph of her just being herself and I loved it I started following her and um and ended up finding out that she lives in Houston so surprise and then then just randomly reached out to her and asked her would you join our podcast and I thank you for saying yes I mean that's like so cool so tell us I, I know that you know the way that Probably most of Houston knows you as Power to Prevail, mm-hmm. and it's your blog. And then um, doing a little research, I see that you were in Thai Houston. Is that mm-hmm. what it's called? That yes. you were the executive director of that. So, tell us how you got here, and <laughs> and what the what the sequence of events is that um, got you to Power Power to Prevail, yes. and then to the swimsuit line. Absolutely. So, um, I. Followed the traditional path that everybody wanted for me. I, you know, went to college, got married, had children, and realized that it was absolutely the wrong path for me. Um, And recognizing that I was in an emotionally abusive relationship, um, I had to turn my world all the way upside down. But the way I was able to do that was through realization of my own lack of self-love and through therapy and mm-hmm. um, just really being able to be honest with myself, I just began doing things that put me first. My passions, my purpose, my health, my mental health, my physical mm-hmm. health. Um, and I realized what deteriorated around me. So um, I had to kind of rebuild everything all over again and just slowly took those steps and when I realized I was moving to Houston, I said, I'm going to do something totally different that's really along like my passions and, and things like that. So I decided to write a blog because I said to myself, I feel I'm the only person who went through this. I'm the only person that struggled with my body image issues. I'm the only uh-huh. person who felt so naive to fall into you know a relationship that 
when you're out of it, seems so obvious. Mm-hmm. So let me write about all of these things in a blog. And this is when blogging was really becoming very popular. Yeah. And um, it was wonderful because nobody restricts it. Nobody yeah. tells you what to write, how to write it, what to share, what not to share. You're really able to just be this open book to right. people. Yeah. And so... Uh, I kind of went back and I said, okay, what was the first hurdle that I had to overcome? And that was, you know, my body image issues. And I shouldn't even say overcome, but tackle. Because uh-huh. <laughs> I think it's still things we're Look not overcoming. Yeah. 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 Address, not avoid. And so mm-hmm. um, that's the first thing I wrote about, actually. And I started the Instagram because the Instagram wasn't even, this was you're talking four and yeah. a half, almost five years ago. Yeah. And so I started sharing pictures. I used like some hashtag. It was almost instantaneous. People were just starting to send me messages, commenting on the pictures because they just couldn't believe that there is a woman out there like in a bathing suit having fun, in a bikini having fun with her stretch marks and her scars and her loose skin and, you know, all this other stuff. Yeah. Um, so people really, really um, just related to it. Gravitated and to it, it was, for sure. it was wonderful. Yeah. So I just... That's all I kept writing about four and a half years later, and that's still pretty much. I'm still I'm writing a lot about a lot more, but um, that opened the door to people knowing my blog. So when I moved to Houston, finally, um, I connected with Connie Gomez and Jihan and um, Ariana, and they had started the Houston Latina Bloggers at the time, and I started meeting all these bloggers uh-huh. and they started inviting me to events and I wanted to go because I didn't know what career path I was going to take um, but I knew it was going to come through meeting new people and seeing what options yeah. were out there besides these nine to five traditional yeah. like you go and I did I applied for those jobs and I was offered positions and they just didn't appeal to me in any way besides you know having good Healthcare packages. <laughs> Which is appealing. <laughs> Which, yes, it, it, it is. And yeah, another, that's a whole another other story episode. For another exactly. <laughs> and um, through one of those events, I met Ravi Brombat, who was the, and still is, a board member for Ty Houston. Mm-hmm. And he introduced me to the Houston entrepreneurial ecosystem. And I went to these meetings where people were talking about innovation and how mm-hmm. they were going to change the Houston you know, tech scene and the entrepreneurial theme. And people were so supportive. And I got to meet those people. And I started volunteering because I said, wow, this is this is fascinating. My goodness. It's like Shark Tank, but like all the behind the scenes cool stuff. Yeah. And so I started volunteering with them. I didn't know at the time that the executive director was ready to move on to her next career path. And so they sat me down and with absolutely no experience, I was writing down like what VC meant, mm-hmm. <laughs> like what seat, seat A, like what seat A, like A round, B round. What does that mean? And then I realized it was just like a whole alphabet of what they call, but Precede. I didn't know any of it. I was going home. I was writing it down and then Googling, Googling it. it. <laughs> Look at that stuff me. So here they said, do you want to run our chapter? Like, do you want to be our executive director? And I was like, are you? Let me tell you what I really, like, know and don't know. But they never asked and they didn't uh-huh. care. And I just found that so fascinating because they just said, we just really enjoy you and how you do things. And you seemed, you know, you, and they knew, they've always known about the blog. Uh-huh. That's something I've never hidden from anyone because uh-huh. there was this moment where I said to myself, oh, my word, um, how do I explain this to people? Because the blog and the Instagram, it's a lot of pictures of me, sports bras, bathing suits, you know, mm-hmm. I'm literally half naked half the time. 
And how do you put that in a professional set? That's so un- yeah. that's so unprofessional. I said to myself, which but, is part of the reason why yes. you're writing the blog <laughs> in, in the, the first place. place. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But Ravi was so great because he was like, oh yeah, she's a blogger. She talks about body. He was the one that was just mm. like. So I had no choice but to, to tell people about it. And um, so the worlds just continued to collide and collide and collide while I was really, you know, talking to people, going to panels and discussing body positivity and mm-hmm. postpartum and, you know, all this stuff. I was really building my knowledge and understanding of the Houston ecosystem and entrepreneurship and how that journey goes. Mm-hmm. So last summer, the whole world collided for me when I was at the water park with my son getting ready well, getting ready to go to the water park, and I was trying all my bathing suits. I have every type of bikini there is, every style, every one piece, because I have a ton of bathing suits, and none of them fit. None of them fit my postpartum body. Mm-hmm. They, like, were cutting into my milk ducts. They mm-hmm. really didn't, like, move in the way I thought they would move so that I would be able to, like, nurse my son easily. Um... And when I went to go look for one, because I said, fine, I'll just buy one. What's another one for the collection? (laughs) And just not seeing it, I realized why very quickly I was able to identify, like, why something had never been taken to the market like this, because female founders just were not funded. We don't think big enough, and we don't include others. And so it just gave me my new mission mm-hmm. and just like I had that passion for starting to prevail power to prevail just like starting with Thai and really building that up and building up that ecosystem um Orole was born and so so um I wanted to talk a little bit about that um what you just said you know why the suits aren't there why there aren't mm-hmm. bikinis and bathing suits for women are in postpartum mm-hmm. and um I think that, like, and I'm wondering if you guys think this, too, because we're all mothers at different Uh stages, Mm -hmm. but I think that we kind of, like, even look at ourselves that way. Like, this is a temporary position. Mm -hmm. I'm not always going to be nursing. Sure. And so I'll suck it up and not put a bathing suit on. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. I'll wear my old one, or I'll just throw know, a shirt it, over myself, shirt, or whatever. Shorts, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. So one of the things that um, I recognize this is uh, this is not a, a product, right? It's it is a it's an entire movement. It's, it's a lifestyle a, choice. Yeah. It is mm-hmm. because what you're saying to yourself is. I am supposed to be out in nature because something is made for me to be able to do that in a way that is comfortable for Mm -hmm. me instead of doing what women have a tendency of doing, which is saying, oh, well, I'll either avoid it, right? I just won't go to the beach or the pool for the next year, decade, whatever. Um, And sometimes it is a decade. Sometimes it is a decade for sure. And, um, or I'll go, but only once my body is appropriate or mm-hmm. good enough mm-hmm. for for it or I'll buy it once it's okay. I'll wear the one piece that I hate because it covers, quote unquote, covers all my problem areas, but I really just would love to wear a bikini or, you know, things like that. Or take my newborn or even or take my newborn the toddler or whatever age it is, you know, and breastfeed and mm-hmm. and play in the water, you mm-hmm. know? I taught all three of my kids to swim when they were very, very young, but my parents had a pool. And so it was very easy to like sure. go over there and I could nurse. Nobody ever, you know, I've got three sisters sure. and we all nursed our kids. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't 
shamed, mm-hmm. you know, but it, that's not the case in, in public places. No, mm-hmm. and we still see that, you know, this past summer right here in Texas, you had the mom that was asked to leave a public yeah, pool yeah, because right. she was that. breastfeeding her Wasn't there son. actually a cop called? Yes. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah, Escorted her off the... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Which is, you know, that is the message. Breastfeeding is a felony. (laughs) (laughs) That is the message, isn't it? Um, Mm -hmm. And and ironically, it was a misdemeanor up until a year ago in some states. Um, You know, so she could have easily, if it had been another state, she could have been hit with, you know, public indecency, public nudity. um, Because the laws only changed to all 50 states within the last, you know, year. um, And only a few have protection laws then that say it is a crime to interrupt a woman or interfere with a woman breastfeeding. I know here in Houston, it's a house bill, two, three, four, two, four, five. I don't actually remember, but it's being sponsored from a representative in Houston that would make it a crime. So if someone were to try to get me to stop nursing or that it would, mm-hmm. you know, they would, they would suffer some sort of, you know, legal Charge or financial or consequence to yeah. say, no, you can't, you can't interfere with this. And that's how serious we need to protect mothers mm-hmm. because they're just trying to feed their babies. So can you imagine like eating a sandwich and someone coming up to you saying, stop eating your sandwich. Like you're mm-hmm. not allowed to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't think about it in those terms. And so the company operates on the pillars of advocacy, education, and inclusion because we're trying to solve so many different problems the product is sort of like a gateway to have those conversations and a gateway to heal and a gateway to bring dignity back to something that's been taken away from uh, from from moms. But other people buy the suits too. We've had non-moms buy the suits simply because they just really love the designs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really cool as well because we don't, we're not trying to in- exclude anyone, but we're just trying to really create the environment that was just never created um, so we're just kind of doing it ourselves. <laughs> so before, and I do want to get into the, the swimsuits, but before we do, I wanted to talk a little bit about why you think that um, body image and nursing in public are connected. Well, when it comes to body positivity and, you know, people use that word a lot, but I don't think they really kind of get to the heart of it's just simply means you're allowed to love the way that you exist just as you are right now without having to quantify it, qualify it or in any other in other any other means. You know, there's a history of breastfeeding in the US and when formula companies came out, they really in order to drive an industry, they had to create an aversion to another industry. Mm-hmm. Right? Because there's nothing that someone can benefit of financially if a woman breastfeeds um we all stand to benefit if a woman breastfeeds because you have healthy children right you have healthy moms you have a healthy society and so this is not an anti-formula rant formula is extremely important because there are some women who they can't they they choose not to and 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 so it's it's turned into a battle and that's unfortunate because a lot of times we fuel that battle unnecessarily if you need it have it and that's amazing because that way you don't have children dying simply because their their mother can't you know provide milk yeah. for them for whatever that reason is um and there's so many reasons but we should still be able to nurse our but we shouldn't have to decide wherever. one or the other we should uh-huh. be able to say okay this is the choice i made this is the choice you made mm-hmm. um 
my choice doesn't um, take make yours any less valid. Um, but man, advertising companies are really good mm-hmm. at creating that um, that really intense feeling that really changes the public outlook on things. Right? It's either pain or pleasure that they use, and in this case, um, they were using pain. They were highlighting the difficulties of, you know, yeah, the first couple weeks of months of breastfeeding. It's hard. Breastfeeding's hard. It's hard. But so is bottle feeding. So I don't uh-huh. understand why they try to make it seem that it's any different, but that's why I feel that it's, it's connected. I mean, is that the origin? Is oh. it men that don't want us to? No, no. I, I think that it's, it's, it's mostly, it's, it's, it's based on product sales. Yeah. You know, the more we it's can get money. people turned on to formula, the more we can do that, the more money can be, can be raised, um, without really taking any, you know, you kind of look at our food epidemic and all the sugar and right, sodium right, right, right. and you say to yourself well do you not care about people's bodies well no we want to make sales so uh-huh. we want to and why do you think they're coming out with so much legislation that says well you can't target children but uh-huh. why because they're targeting children mm-hmm. look at jewel and all of those vaping companies right. that they're uh-huh. saying wait a minute right. you can't advertise this to children because who are they advertising to to children mm-hmm. so we have because then they get this addicted person for life and they yep. just keep buying their product absolutely and it's I, a whole marketing yeah. ploy the system that they use to market that was to the detriment of women and mothers because then they made a lot of things feel shameful because you should be able to afford formula so what happened oh only poor people breastfeed right only minorities breastfeed because they're too poor so you don't want to be seen as something you know that you're not good enough so you can't afford your child's you know formula and things like that and there's an amazing documentary called the milky way that really kind mm. of Oh, it's it's a wonderful documentary. I want to watch it. Plus, you see how breastfeeding is viewed in other parts right. of the world, mm-hmm. and so you're just like, well, if we were onto something, we would be doing better. Right. But yeah. we're not, and our babies are getting sicker, and our moms are dying. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you look at the minor, you look at the groups that have the highest percentage of successful breastfeeding rates versus the ones that don't, and then you see the correlation between, you know, maternal mortality and infant mortality and you're talking about black women who are dying left and right um, but people don't want to to address it but they're the ones that are targeted the most um, and it they've been highly highly stigmatized um, so you know that's part of our messaging too is we want to make sure that you see when you look at advertisements you you need to see black moms breastfeeding mm-hmm. they need to yeah. see themselves and say yeah we're we're supporting right. you too right. not just the size two white you know model model-esque mom yeah. who exists who also deserves support but there's but the, more of yeah. us and, and and there's more of us out there her right. and right her yeah i think so. media for sure influences you know our society and I think that's why it's so good of what you're doing and putting out more body body positivity Mm -hmm. things and images and all that stuff. And I see companies like jumping on this as well. Mm -hmm. Where would you want to see them move more towards? Like where, where do you feel like they're missing? I I know they're doing some good things, but I feel like there's some things that they're missing. Yeah. So, you know, you see brands out there and it's just like, okay, they'll do plus size Mm -hmm. and you're like, okay, great. 
But now let's remember that plus size people also come in different shades Mm -hmm. and also have stretch marks Mm -hmm. and also have scars and also have body hair and also have, you know, so it's, 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 we have to keep saying, okay, you're starting, but this isn't enough. Yeah, exactly. I want more, you know, I I know that. And plus size isn't XX, XXX, XXXX. You know, that mm-hmm. there's actual sizes and that they're different. Yes. They're, mm-hmm. I mean, people are different shapes, you know? A hundred percent, yeah. You know, a size 8 or 10 is, I mean, so is a 20 or a 22. That's right. Yeah. It, um, yeah, we just, like... Yeah, we just make it bigger. <laughs> um, add more fabric. Yeah, and it's and, and that's definitely not the case. You know, we've been very fortunate with our suits. You know, I had to ask people, I say, if anybody's this size, I need you to please come in because we need to measure you. It's not it's not a ratio thing. We need mm-hmm. to make sure that we're actually tailoring this to what that body really looks like. Yeah. And yeah, proportions change, but proportions change even within a size two. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. And um, So let's go back a minute. Yeah. So you, you you move here and, and you've got this you know, you get out of this toxic relationship. You start power to, to prevail. Before you moved here, you go to work as executive director of this nonprofit, mm-hmm. and you have this baby and can't find the bathing suit. So, <laughs> you what? You designed your own. Yes, I sat down with a. Uh, well, I I did a little bit of market research ahead of time. I I surveyed uh, over a hundred women. Just for them to tell me, mm-hmm. like, what is it that would have made this great? And so I just sort of worked backwards from there. I said, okay, well, how can we create this? And um, I reached out to another Houstonian, another local, Chloe Dow. And I said, Chloe, I have an idea. I need someone to help me to design a bathing suit. And she connected me with um, Ebony Taylor, who was one of her interns and who also happened to be a mom who breastfed. Mm-hmm. And so I- What a perfect fit. It was I know. great. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, she understands fabric, she understands construction. I just understand how I want it to look and how I want it to feel and how mm-hmm. I want it to function. And you want it to, yeah, function. Yeah. And so she did an amazing job, just really adding elements that I'm like, oh yeah, yes, perfect. Yeah. Because she's a mom. She and gets it too. She gets yeah. it. She totally, she totally understood. There was no like question like, what? I don't understand. She was like, I got it. And so um, she, we were able to create two prototypes um, that, and then thankfully she was able to connect me to David Deng, who has his own um, small run manufacturing company here. So we don't have to buy a thousand pieces. We mm-hmm. can, we can really experiment, which is amazing, yeah. amazing, amazing. Cause that is so difficult to do, um, while remaining pretty cost effective. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, uh, and he was able to help because he's a teacher at the art Institute. So he also has a really high level understanding of, you know, products and, um, so we were able to kind of take our little scrappy prototype and really design it out and um, had a soft launch in March. So we were actually able to sell suits, you know, to the public and we've, um, we've sold suits and we've gotten feedback. And so now we know, we know that there is a real problem. We know that people are really looking for solutions and that we're really on target with how we're doing it. So now we are just looking to take it to the next, the next level, mm-hmm. <laughs> but which time. is 
Uh, Where are you going? No. Uh, so we are going to start our crowdfunding campaign on October 24th. We're doing equity crowdfunding, which is very unique um, and very new. So this is actually only something that became legal within the last year. I'm all for experimenting because clearly I never wait until <laughs> yeah. someone tests it out. I'm like, I'll figure it out myself. Um, so the... The way crowdfunding, equity crowdfunding campaigns, are, it's like Kickstarter, mm-hmm. but now you get a piece of the company, or you at least are able to get some sort of money back. Mm. Um, well, well, I love this. The yeah. rates are better than a bank, because you can set it. So I, um, ours, for example, is 2%, which from an investor standpoint isn't great. Um, it's better than a money market account. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not FDIC insured, so if something happens and I just close-up shop, then that is You're the risk that an, right, that right, an right. investor It's an takes. investment, right. But if it goes well, um, <laughs> <laughs> then in two years, the investment either gets returned to you, you say, I want to cash out, I want my 2%, um, so I want my money back plus my 2%, or you take it and it converts into equity. Mm. So now you get to own a piece of the company, whether mm. it's because I've gone public or it's because I've started a, a bigger round of funding. Right. Mm-hmm. And so now you're allowing a person to come in at a discounted rate. So while everybody else is paying 100% of whatever I put the value on the company, they get a 20% discount. So they're saving a ton of money. Mm-hmm. And it's the benefit of getting in early. Because let's say we have this amazing $10 million valuation um, they're saving a lot because, yeah. oh, there's also a million dollar valuation cap. You all can look up what all that yeah. means later, but, um, uh, it's really, it's really, it's, it's, it's to try to encourage people to invest in early stage companies mm-hmm. and say, look, we're going to take a gamble. Um, this is, it's highly volatile because obviously this person is just, just starting out. Um, but if you believe in, what the person is doing, then you can do it. Then you can, yeah. So we would, um, and you so can do it for a very minimal amount as well, Correct. right? You get to choose however much you want to. The minimum investment is two hundred and fifty dollars. Hmm. So you can become an investor at two hundred and fifty dollars, yeah, right? Which is wonderful because it opens the door for people who don't, who are not accredited investors. Which means you have to have X amount of dollars in assets or earn an X amount of dollars per year, which were the only people that were allowed to invest in the past. Um, but let's say you do only have like $500, you should be able to invest that money and it should be able to make you some money. Um, so you're, you're doing two people a favor. You're doing the entrepreneur who is probably doing this because they have a difficult time getting investors to, to fund them. And you're helping people who normally never had access to investing. Cause like I said, it is better than a money market. Correct. You know, so okay, so you're that launches October twenty fourth. That's launching October twenty fourth. It's going to be open for two months, um, and then in January, uh, our company is being accepted into the Founders Institute, which is um, the world's <laughs> largest like accelerator. And so what they do is they take your business, they take your ideas, they put you together with a mentor who has access to a global network, who's mm-hmm. built businesses. And they get to town, and you do homework, and you do you do things wow. to really make sure you're understanding your business, your business model, um, and they help you to launch. So if we already have a little bit of capital, then whatever we learn from that process, 
we're now able to say, okay, good. Now we know where our money should be spent, mm-hmm. how it should be spent. So whether we spend it as a deposit for a larger loan or if we use it to invest in a marketing team or if we use it to fly around the world to meet with investors so that they can give us that million dollars, mm-hmm. we'll know what we're doing that, but we'll already have the money like set and yeah. ready to go. Um, but we, we don't have to pull you know any sort of triggers because we're going to go through the program first. Mm-hmm. Um, That's exciting. Yeah, and it's only the second cohort in Houston. <laughs> They've had several... Uh, wonderful builds and you know that they've been doing you know this is this is an organization that's been around for a very very long time and um so i'll be part of their second their second class here in houston that's That's exciting it's very exciting you've been busy girl very very busy so how many suits do you want to launch with is there just two types or uh, no, so uh, I want to do at least three types because um, it's to me the way I see it. It's um, it's like the phases of growth. The body as yeah, you get you know, past like, okay, this, cool. We're know? gonna get you in a one piece, uh-huh. and you know, once you feel comfortable in that, maybe we can get you in our two piece that still has like the high waisted and then the little curtain top. But we are building a triangle top, just like a bikini like when you look at a bikini you're gonna be like that's a bikini you won't know what it's for and then I just add colors and texture so mm-hmm. you know we're doing this because I love it and mm-hmm. it'll eventually be a business and eventually you know we'll bring income to our family but that isn't the number one priority my number right. one priority is actually to be JJ's caretaker mm-hmm. but I think to myself how many amazing businesses exist in people's minds but because they don't believe mm-hmm. they can bring their child to these resources they just put them in childcare and they keep working. But yeah. they've got an amazing business idea. Yeah. So I said to myself, well, then I'm going to pretend like I am that person and really see if we have a community that's really willing to support what that looks like. And um, they have and they do. And I'm very proud of Houston as a whole for how much they've been able to support JJ and I because um, from feeding him in public places while at on panels while in meetings, while in meetings with investors, um, having to change his diaper on tables because there are no changing tables mm-hmm. where we go. But but that tells people, like, well, why is she changing her baby here? Well, I don't have a changing pad because you say you support parents, but there's no, but um, there's no changing, there's no changing table. So uh-huh. maybe perhaps you need to think about putting a changing table in here, mm-hmm. and then maybe perhaps people will feel more welcome. Because I think what happens is, just like with body positivity, just like with breastfeeding, everybody says they support it, until yeah. they until have to, it's in their face. Until they have to confront it. Right. Yeah. Um, so where awesome. can we where where can we see the suits? Where can we go to buy ah, them? Yes. There... Yes. So it's uh, orolay.com, O-R-O-L-A-I-T.com. And you shared a little bit about the the name, like where and how you thought of it. Can you share for our audience? Yes. So uh, naming a company is like naming a baby. I wanted it to be something that really represented what I was doing. Um, and so oro means gold in Spanish and le means milk in French because breast milk is often referred to as liquid gold. Mm-hmm. Um, I and love that. so I just, I love it every time. Some people get it right away because they're multilingual and they're like, oh, that's so brilliant. 
Uh-huh. And so, yeah, and, and that's sort of the advocacy piece. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because then nobody can avoid the right. lactating conversation. If so anybody asks, oh, well, what it stands for, because breast milk is, so you're using the proper vocabulary. Uh-huh. You're, you're, you're forcing people to, you know, say the words and address the, the thing. Um, and that's how you, that is truly how you create change. It's uh-huh. uncomfortable. It's extremely uncomfortable for me. I don't want anybody to think that it's like, oh, this is so easy. It's so simple. It's very uncomfortable because that is how I grew up. Children are seen, not right, heard. Right, right. They're uh-huh. unprofessional. Women should stay in their lane. You shouldn't be showing off your body because if you show off your body, it's because you're being sexual and now it's your fault that you get harassed. It's your fault if da da da. It's a lot. We're battling a lot. Right. But we need to address those reasons. And then we need to address that in front of the people who might be responsible for those reasons. Uh-huh. But there if you do it as a community, then yeah. you're. You you change and you don't mean to change it. That's not but what I are. set out. No, no, no. You know, I wasn't like you know what I'm gonna do. Yeah. Um, but there's so much in what you're doing and um, so many layers of um, allowing and mm-hmm. rather than avoiding, you know, addressing rather than avoiding, looking at it and even you know our own, you know, limitations and things that we do with our own bodies and mm-hmm. you know oh I can't do that because of blah 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 yeah whatever mm-hmm. that message is exactly so, I um, love it I love what you're doing I'm so <sighs> grateful and <laughs> I love the message we have a lot of work to do because we yeah. don't realize how many different ways we do that and limit ourselves mm-hmm. I was meeting with a new entrepreneur uh two days ago and i you know, brought JJ and I happened to run into people at the coffee shop and they're like, Oh, Hey JJ. And she was like, wow, everybody really knows your baby. I said, everybody knows him. I said, but I have to cut this meeting. You know, it has to meet at 10 30. I have, I have, I have a meeting with an investor. Um, you know, we're just talking, you know, he's giving me some insight and stuff and we were meeting at the park and she's like, you're meeting at the park. And I said, yeah, yeah, I have JJ. You know, he runs around. He's already been sitting in a cafe for an hour. I can't expect that he's going to yeah. go sit like, in another cafe yeah. and another yeah. for another hour. Yeah. And she said, well, how did, how did they react when you told them you were going to meet at a park? I said, I don't really know. They asked me to send them the address for where we're going to meet. And I sent them the address. It was the park's address. And so they didn't question me. They just accepted it. And when I showed up, he laughed and he said, you know, and I've never met with anybody at a playground. But when I saw that it was a playground, I assumed you were bringing JJ, so it made sense. And that was it. And JJ yeah. was able to run and play, and we had a great discussion on business strategy and you know investment and his fund and what he does and why he invests the way that he invests. And um, it was a good meeting, and we moved on. We just happened to do That's it awesome. at a playground. It's yeah. not revolutionary. But we don't give ourselves that permission. Why? Because a playground is not, oh, I need you to come meet me where I need you to meet me. Right. Let in me... a suit and in the in and business attire. Like this. And, yeah. yeah, there has to be a desk and blah. Yeah, uh-huh. there doesn't. I said, nope. Well, <laughs> I so appreciate your time and your energy and what you're, what it is that you're doing, your mission. Um, so remind our listeners again where they can find you and find the suits. Okay. Well, if you're looking for discussions on body positivity, entrepreneurship, and those things, we discuss it on Power to Prevail um, on Instagram and Facebook. And for the breastfeeding bathing suits and beyond, <laughs> uh, you can find us at Orole Official on Instagram and Orole on Facebook. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you. So Thank you. Okay. Until next time, if you guys have any questions.
themeadowreport at gmail.com. And we have a Facebook and Instagram at The Meadow Report. It's always helpful to like and share and subscribe. 